The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, we have a very special guest. I am so excited to have Sonia Chogat with us. Sonia is celebrated worldwide, and I know why. I, I know her personally. She's an author, a spiritual teacher, a six-sensory consultant. Now, that sounds intriguing. And she's absolutely an enchanting storyteller. Sonia really helps people transform, and she's really known for quickly shifting people out of really deep psychological and spiritual difficulties and into healthier energy flow. She's authored multiple books, 19 internationally best-selling books, and uh, we'll talk about some of those beautiful publications in just a moment. Sonia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cheryl. It's a pleasure to be with you and your guests and your, your listening guests. It's so great to have you here. Now, tell us where you are today. Well, I am speaking to you from Paris. I'm in the 7th arrondissement in Paris in my apartment where it is absolutely a gorgeous day in a beautiful city. Oh, I love Paris. So you've just recently moved there, right? I moved here in January, and so I can't believe I've actually been here now eight months, and I love it. It's it's a a glorious place to live and and really resonates with where I am in my life at this point. Mm, That's so nice. I just, it seems like the perfect energy for you. I just love the idea of being you there. I'm going to have to come with you. (laughs) I hope so. So so let's let's talk a bit about, oh, it is beautiful, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's talk a bit about your work. You are um, among some of the most highly regarded transformational visionaries or transformational guides that um, exist today. And this work for you is a lot about touching one's intuition and really awakening that part of ourselves that often either never woke up or just has gone to sleep. Can you talk a little bit about your whole philosophy around that? Well, I am absolutely of the conviction that we have six senses. And they're a little bit backward because I believe what we call the sixth sense is really our first. It's the first to develop it's the first to inform us. It's the it's the most powerful and the most profound, and that is the the conscious intelligence of our heart. It is the first organ in the body to develop. It's informing and guides the the cellular formation of who we are in in terms of developing our physical self. It is. It is a, an organ that is 5,000 times more perceptive than the brain and picks up subtle energy and informs us on an energetic level. Yeah. It's like our inner guidance system. And we, we receive the communication of our heart in a, in a way that's different than our eyes which see, our ears which hear, sense of smell, taste, touch. We feel uh, we are communicated through energy, through vibration. So we sense or we feel or, or 
are the words that perhaps most accurately describe it, or sometimes we just know, like a like a mm. quick download. But we are receiving and in and, and responding to our world and the subtle realms of our world, the energetic realms of, of, of our life experience through this vibrational communication that comes to our heart. And then we, we begin to describe it or give language to it. So some mm-hmm. of us will give the language because of our propensity to be visionary. They'll say, well, I see what you mean, or I see this. Or yeah. Some will be more a feeling sense. They'll say, I sense this, or I feel this, or you know, I ha- my inner voice says. So we give language to this vibrational experience. But without it, without acknowledging this vibrational experience, we become strictly outer-oriented and more left-brained, and we disconnect from our highest inner intelligence. We disconnect from mm-hmm. our heart. And then we become kind of lost at sea. So for me, it's, it's the most important sense for living an authentic and genuinely grounded, successful life. Mm. Well, now you've talked about how as a child, you were pretty in touch with this. Talk about what that was like for you. Well, I actually believe most children are pretty in touch with their intuition because we all come in listening to our hearts as a natural, as a natural tendency, but we're not, it's, if it's not modeled around us, we begin to right. shut it down. But I grew up in a home where intuition and the sixth sense was given top priority, and that was really based on the experiences that my mom had when she was growing up. She ended up being uh, separated from her family during an evacuation in World War II and ended up in a German work camp Mm. at the age of 12. And so her intuition really gave her the, the, the tools that helped her survive that ordeal and actually led her to meet my father and marry him when she was just 16. So mm. in our home, what your vibes say, which was our, what, what we called it, our, the vibrations or trust your vibes, was the most important message of all. And so I grew up in a family where there wasn't that... that uh, alienation or that amputation of the sixth sense, it was paramount right. every decision we made. And that was the blessing I had. Mm. You know, I, I think about that. I mean, it seems to me, and maybe I'm just more aware of it as I get older, but it seems to me that the small children and the babies that are coming in in the last few years that have been born... Um, and, the, and the young children, it seems like they are much more, I don't know how to say it, but I mean, they're much more visibly in touch with their, um, with their intuitive side, much more visibly. I think that's accurate. I think that's absolutely accurate. I, I think that culturally we are slowly evolving, and as... New babies are being born. Parents are more inclined to be more open to encouraging them to be themselves. We've learned enough as a culture that we're becoming more whole-brained, more balanced, more creative than, than maybe the way we were raised by our peer group. So... And I also think the souls that are coming in are very conscious souls that are help coming in to help us tilt the balance of our over-ego, over-logical world back to center and back to heart because, quite honestly, mostly all the problems of the world that we're dealing with have to do with this disconnection from our basic heart intelligence. Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree with you. Um, Talk a minute about, I mean, you know, I think about what's happening 
in um, around the world in, in terms of the, the amount of conflict, um, and some of it just so gruesome. And I don't know if it's more gruesome than, than in other times, but um, it certainly is known much easier because of the information age. Um, and, and it seems that um, the divisiveness that exists, and it just seems at an, at an all-time high. And yet I also see, as you're saying, that there are there is some inflection point that we're reaching um, in terms of coming to different belief systems. It's almost like we've, we've run out of options and so, oh, well, we might as well try this. Um, do we have to hit bottom before we go back to that internal knowing? Well, I think that we have hit bottom. I mean, in terms uh, okay. of... I, I definitely think, especially because of the information age, nothing is hidden. Every mm. dark behavior, every disconnected, heinous uh, hatred, anti-life behavior, choice uh, made of an individual and on... In, in, in tribal cultural consciousness is, is being put in our face so that we are encouraged to become more conscious and not be passive and find our voice and shift our own energy and start reawakening this heart-based mm. intelligence, which not only helps our own lives go better, but makes us more coherent and more... Um, more available citizens of the world makes us start seeing that no man is an island. Nobody can get away with what they're doing without affecting the whole. So we're we're being we're being sort of shocked into a more responsible, conscious, uh, personal, and social and cultural choices. And I do believe, in spite of the way we're being bombarded with all this negative information. The greater good is moving toward a more balanced, loving light. And that doesn't, unfortunately, get a lot of airtime. Right. But our world is actually moving toward and choosing, moving toward a more balanced head and heart, left brain, mm. right brain whole-brained approach to reality and approach to, to social responsibility. And I know that from my own experience yeah. of first, you know, teaching women out of my living room 30 years ago to speaking to corporations. Yes. I, yes. I, I personally am experiencing a shift in culture and consciousness and a, a desire to be more balanced and responsible. Hmm. Well, and that must make it so much more satisfying in some some ways. I mean, I know that for me, um, the living in that state has been a natural place for me to be, though it's been challenging for many years. But um, for me, it's like when, when you and I sit down or some of our colleagues, we all sit down, we speak the same language. And it's very easy for us to understand how this has to happen and how we step into it. When people um, feel kind of, you know, uncomfortable with this kind of conversation or they're not really sure that this is real or that they could, quote, unquote, do that, what do you say to them? Well... The first thing I do is I recognize that they're just stuck in their left brain. Mm. They've gotten disconnected from their right brain and their heart, so it isn't real to them mm. because they're not wired into or activating. So what I'll suggest first is maybe some playful questioning. Some mm. Instead of being frustrated or defensive or try to argue with them, which is futile, I will invite them into conversations that actually will activate the right brain or the mm. heart. And so they're immediately taken out of, oh, this is crazy, to, hmm, 
I don't know. I wonder. And mm. and they start to remember parts of their own reality that they've tuned out. So wow. that's the way I approach it is they're just handicapped. But yeah. it's, it's yeah. a healable disability. It is, it is a curable disability. And I treat mm. it as a disability. Mm. And I just say, you know, I'm really sorry you got disconnected from your right brain and your heart. That must be a terrible existence. Mm. That must not be a happy world because strictly left brain is a fearful place. And that alone, oh, people say, well, what do you mean? I'll say, right. I'm really sorry to hear that you're, you're not tuned in to your... Your right brain, your in, your heart intelligence, because even science has mm. now confirmed that the heart is an intelligent organ, very the most oh, yeah. intelligent organ in the body, and then nobody wants to be left behind. Right. So I create a conversation that invites them to come in rather than fight them to be who's right. It seems to what's work. What's an example of a, what's an example of a playful question? I would say. Um, I would say a very playful question is, if you were to wonder about things, what would you wonder about? Uh, wonder about mm. ten things out loud. Mm. Because the minute we That's go into I wonder, our eyes go up, we activate the right brain, and sometimes the answer is, I wonder what you mean. And I say, hmm, I wonder, what else do you wonder about? And that, and, and I'll, I'll say, I often, you know, I'll wonder about, and I'll just throw out some wild card. What about you? What else do you wonder about? Or if you, cur- if you were to wonder, what would you wonder about? And that mm-hmm. immediately shifts them out of being strictly left brain reliant. Mm-hmm. The other thing I ask oh. people, it t- catches them off guard right away, is I'll say, how's your spirit today? <laughs> it's a very... Mm-hmm very uh, surprising question. It goes straight to the heart. Yes. And people's eyes pop wide open and they'll say, oh, because you have to check in. Mm, Right. Fine, I guess. So I'm so glad to see that I can see him. I can see your spirit and the light in your eyes. It's good to see that. Mm, I love it. I love it. Invite us to open up versus try to convince someone who's disconnected. That is, that makes so much sense. It's an invitation. It's also right. Yeah. Wow. Love that. Well, Sonia, we have got to take a break, but we're going to be right back with more with Sonia Choquette. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Escobedo with my very special guest, Sonia Choquette. Sonia, I love what you were speaking about in our first um, segment. Now, you know, you have the advantage of having lived this belief and philosophy and experience most of your life where you are very much in touch with your heart and very much able to feel into what's happening around you and, and, you know, what kinds of connections you have with people. And in the last few years, you had 
an experience that really shook you to the core and, in fact, caused some people to question you as a spiritual teacher. Would you be willing to share with us what that was? Well, sure. Well, it's interesting. Um, What happened was, in the course of really a very short period of time, I went through a dramatic loss. First, my brother died in his sleep. Six weeks later, my father, who was I had never known to be sick a day in his life, instantly died. And then my husband, with whom I'd had a very, very difficult marriage with, was overwhelmed by all the loss I'd undergone, and he left. And so my marriage of 30 years ended. And everything that pretty much was the structure of my family life imploded. Mm. And I was left with a lot of unresolved frustration and anger and pain and um, grief and confusion. And it's interesting that some people would say, well, you know, if you were intuitive, you would have known all this, but that's not how it works. Right. It's not like, first of all, I didn't know my marriage was difficult. Of course I knew it was, but my commitment was to to keep it together because I had a family and those were my values. So I was trying to work within the boxing ring, you know. So, And as far as it went with my family, it wasn't like I'm hovering around like a helicopter to know every single thing that's going to happen to to my life before it happens. Life happens. Your intuition is what gives you the tools, the resources, and the guidance to respond Mm -hmm. to what happens at the highest level. Mm -hmm. So what I did with all of my loss and grief was my intuition guided me to go on a pilgrimage, to leave my Mm. work and walk away from everything and to undertake a very ancient pilgrimage known as the Camino de Santiago, which is an 800-kilometer walk across southern Pyrenees and into Spain, and that the process of walking this pilgrimage would give me insight, guidance, and healing. Mm. And where intuition came in is that in the process of trying to deal with all this grief, I had started taking a kickboxing class and broke my knee, which was still on the run. <laughs> so I thought, logically, how am I going to do this? But right. knowing my intuition to be the, the, the true solid guidance that it is, I went ahead and said yes. And, mm. you know, with 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 walking poles and... My my backpack being sent on be on ahead, I did it, and it was the most profoundly life changing, transformative, healing experience of my life, and opened me up to what I believe now is part, you know, part two of my life's work, which is not only teaching intuition but also helping people heal grief and loss and pain. Mm-hmm and all the other things that we must go through if we're going to have a transformational experience. Mm. Well, so, you know, someone who has never done something like that might look at this and say, so you're saying that just because you walked a long way, you healed? How does that work? Well, two things. I walked away from the daily grind. So in my choosing to walk this spiritual pilgrimage... I walked into a choice that said, I will be with myself. I will be in nature. I will be with my pain instead of run away from it. I will listen to my heart. I will allow myself to heal. I will give myself the time and the opening. And plus, I was walking not just around the block. I was Mm. excited to walk a very sacred path where thousands Mm. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have walked before me Mm. with the same intention. So the path itself had its own beautiful healing energy. Mm. And in doing so, 
so many things that I had lost, forgotten, shut down, denied in my human journey, which we all mm-hmm. have and no one can escape. Mm-hmm. Came back into consciousness, and as an adult, informed, conscious person, I could revisit it from a more loving, balanced place instead of a reactive, wounded victim. Mm-hmm. And so that was the healing process for me is creating the time, the energy, the space, the priority, the listening, the walking meditation, the desire to heal, the desire to reframe things and revisit so I could heal instead of staying stuck Mm -hmm. in grief, abandonment, loss, betrayal. I stayed present. And whether we go on a walking pilgrimage or we go take yoga classes or we, 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 we sit outside our own backyard, the whole point in which is, you know, why I eventually wrote my book about my journey, which I did not intend to do. I was really kind of pushed to do that by my publisher after I was sharing my personal experience mm-hmm. is I found that. In sharing my experience, other people, and quite a few other people, in fact, who are going through trauma and loss and sudden changes where their life no longer makes sense, found that they could could find a place within themselves to be present to their own denied needs, or their own mm-hmm. needs that weren't available before, or weren't apparent before, can heal. So that's what the... the the process of healing was creating the opening to be with myself and who I am today. Mm. You know, one of the things that you say in your book about walking the trail is um, finding forgiveness and freedom on yeah. the community of Santiago. And I'm wondering if that forgiveness is for others or for yourself. Well, it was for both, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And what I discovered was true forgiveness is not something we can will ourselves into. It is the end result of a process of actually feeling your feelings and listening to them and honoring them and grieving whatever Mm -hmm. wounds or losses came with those experiences. And so the more I walked, the more I could be present to this, all of my feelings and, and grieve what was lost and where hurt and pain and disappointment were, and then also come into consciousness where I, too, have been probably hurtful and caused mm-hmm. other people pain and grief. And so forgiveness is, is an accepting and a release of the stumbles we make on our human journey. And no one can walk the human journey without making mistakes because life is school. We're here to learn. And we learn, we learn by doing and by our undoing. So the forgiveness wasn't like, oh, I am now able to forgive them from some kind yeah. of standing arrogant place, not at right. all. It more right. comes from an, oh, I have compassion for all of us. We've all been in pain. We've all mm. been hurt. We've all hurt each other. And I just had such a heart opening. Then that's where the forgiveness, and that place is where the forgiveness came from. Mm. How long did this take you? How long did this walk take you? It, this, my pilgrimage took me 35 days. Mm. And it took me about yeah. eight hours a day. Wow. That's a long time. Did you, did you train for this? I mean, I think about how... No. You know, my God. No. I wrote my book. My <laughs> one mistake was that I didn't train for it. One of the... Oh, one of the... One of the consequences of being an intuitive person is I'm also impulsive and spontaneous. So when I got my guidance, I was impulsive and spontaneous, and off I went. And up until then, my biggest hike was to the grocery store about four and a half blocks from my house and back. So 
<laughs> I very naively showed up with what I thought were a good pair of boots and, and you know, certainly a lot of willpower, but in fact, it devastated my feet. It took a year for them to heal because I didn't oh. train well, but it was all worth it. It was all good in the end. Mm. And so, no, I didn't train. <laughs> I should have. Well, you know, I, I when I think about, um, I mean, I saw you in, and spent some time with you before you went. We were at um, a gathering together, and it was a time that was pretty um, tumultuous for you. And then I spent a little time with you after you had been back um, and after your book had come out. And I was so struck with the shift in your presence and the pure presence. And and not and, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, I experienced you both in both ways. I experienced you as completely real and being who you were right in that moment. And so that, to me, also is presence. Um, the second time that we were, after you had come back, your grounding was amazing and your capacity for standing and holding others was just brilliant. I was so struck by that. Um, you know, I mean, I know for myself that when I go into nature or I spend intentional time away and I go deeply into my own essence, I come out of that transformed, even if it's for a short time, you know, and it's something that is a practice that um, I think a lot of people are afraid of, frankly, and Though there's this big rush to learn meditation these days, people want to learn mindfulness, et cetera, which, you know, is a good, it is good to see the interest. And part of my concern is that it's going to kind of become um, boiled down to a soundbite, you know, to make it convenient for people. Someone said, oh, yes, oh, the corporations are teaching mindfulness so that people can de-stress and go right back into the environment that creates the stress. And rather than, you know, doing something about the environment that creates the stress, I thought, well, that's really interesting. <laughs> it's really true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, well, what do you think? How do you do this? I, I feel that what has to happen at a deep level is we have to recognize that underneath all of our busyness, there's a loneliness that we're trying to fill with our busyness. And I think that loneliness is for direct contact with our our pure essence and our our pure self in our body, in our planet, on our planet, in this world, mm-hmm. instead of just kind of the world's out there and we're just watching it like we're watching animals at the zoo. I think that there's a disconnect mm. that we're trying to heal. And and while meditation is an important step, I believe that spending any time in nature recognizing that we, too, are part of nature mm. and that we, are, we, too, are in our natural self beautiful like nature mm. and powerful mm. like nature and complicated like nature mm. and and moody like nature. And if we can spend time in this more natural state, even if we just put our tennis shoes on and walk walk outside and and sit on the grass or just Remember, it's important because it's part of who we are. It's part of us, and we're part of it. And I think that that we will start to touch that that anxiety that drives our culture, mm. and that anxiety that we're all encouraged to to be part of. That breathless right. busyness. 
and somehow mm-hmm. it, we have to kind of buck the trend a little. And the key is to be aware and be compassionate, not judgmental, not 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 reactive, but just say, you know, I need a minute. And I need a minute not zoning out. I need a minute to tune in and just go smell the flowers. Mm. I need a minute to be here on my planet and feel it and be part of it. Mm. And ever since I walked the Camino, I, I have created a life and I have changed priorities, so I spend at least at least an hour a day outside walking in parks and gardens. It's one of the reasons I moved to Paris because it's a beautiful Mm. place and it affords me so much opportunity to luxuriate in in beauty and in gardens and and lovely spaces. And, And I've decided it's, I need that. But I feel really all, really we all need it. But we may not all be aware that we need it. Well, that's really true. And, you know, I I hear people all the time, and sometimes me too, although I don't like to admit it, um, saying, oh, I just don't have time. I just don't have time. And um, one of my spiritual teachers from a long time ago said, well, you have all the time there is. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right, so that's how I choose to spend that time. Ah, yeah, okay. I hate it when that well, happens. It, did take, <laughs> you're, it does take a revaluing of things, a reprioritizing. Mm-hmm. Our culture, especially Western culture, is very oh. urgency addicted. Mm. And I, I just began to recognize that that if I don't step off the wheel and approach my life choosing what's important to me and choosing to take care of my spirit and choosing to be connected to what I love, then I am a failure. Mm. And I don't want to be that. So I just shifted everything all around, and it's a big part of who I am to be... I really do literally walk my talk. I love it. I know you do. I know you it do. It feeds me to do that. You know, I, I ha- it's a discipline. And it certainly it's not like, oh, I'm all over it. Every day there's a thousand things that encourage me to race back and go to work and not take the time and not be outside and not go for a walk and put it off till tomorrow. It hasn't gone away. Hmm. But I just see it now as a seduction instead of a truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved reading your book. Um, the name of the book is Walking Home, A Pilgrimage from Humbled to Healed. And it was just a beautiful story. And there's some beautiful photographs of your experience and the journey. And um, I just love it. So I really recommend it to everybody. We have another segment to do with Sonia, and we will be right back. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. 
Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Estevito with my very special guest, Sonia Choquette. Sonia, okay, let's talk about some of the ways that people can step into this beautiful space of um, compassion and self-love and presence. You know, you you have some ways to do that in your book, Walking home, you wrote about your prayers. You wrote some of your prayers, and people really love these. Talk about this a little bit. Well, I think that prayer is our natural way to connect with our divine source and to awaken our spirit so that we remember that we are divine, we are beautiful, we are worthy, we are valuable. And so when I walked on the Camino, every day I would start out the day with a prayer out loud. And the prayer would just flow through my heart from the deepest part of me. And I really believe... That's why I was able to make it. Mm-hmm. There's no real reason why I was able to walk that entire thing, especially since I jo- destroyed my toes on the first day. Mm-hmm. I believe my prayers are what helped me recall woundings that I'd forgotten that were created patterns in me that were not serving me today. So it helped me clear the past. And I believe in praying for clarity and in praying for help. I was... I was met with with people who helped me and and animals who showed up who helped me and, and encouraged me and signs and symbols. So I encourage everybody to to turn to that voice in their heart that, that prays, that asks for help, that, that opens mm. for guidance, that makes yourself available to be helped, to be healed, mm. to be guided. And, and give that set, that part of your nature voice. Give that part of your nature expression. Mm. And, 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 and so my prayers are, have been such a healing force in my life. I, I wouldn't, I truly believe that it's such an integral part of all the, 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 the healing and the, and the guidance and the goodness of my life. And so I encourage other people to explore that and know mm. that, that prayer really is something that makes a huge difference mm. in our in, in, in our feeling at ease in our own skin mm. and connected to something beautiful and good that's bigger than us that wants our lives to work. Mm. What are some uh, prayers? Share some of those with us. Well, one of my prayers, when I was really scared and overwhelmed and felt like I was bit off more than I could chew, I would say, Holy Spirit, move me. Move my Mm. mind, move my heart, move my emotions, move my body, past my fears and toward my highest good and the good of all concerned. And that prayer often got me out of bed in the morning. Mm. Just way too, in way too much physical pain, for example, to even get to the bathroom unless I crawled on my knees. But it miraculously would get me through another 30 kilometers, 22 miles of walking over the mountains and through the woods, and Uh it was miraculous. So that's a prayer that I, I I often I often to this day pray. Um, I prayed for patience. I mm. prayed for humor. I pray help me see the humor in this otherwise very uh, unhappy moment that I'm in. Help me see the humor and see the light where I feel overwhelmed and feel lost. Help me keep my eyes and ears open to this to 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 
your assistance through human beings and other people that's trying to come my way, help me keep my heart open when I want to shut it down and push everybody away. These are some of my prayers. I actually just wrote in response to people reading Walking Home, and many people love my prayers, asked me if I would write a prayer book. And so I actually just, I did write a prayer book, which is called Uplifting Prayers to Light Your Way, and it's coming out in a few weeks, September 1st. Oh, fabulous. Uplifting prayers to light your way. Oof. Yeah. So this sounds just something that I could pick up every day. So I could pick this up every day and find something that just fits. Well, it's kind of written to to address real life, real challenges. You know, there's a, a belief that's extraordinarily artificial that... Once we get on the spiritual path, it's kumbaya and all is well. And that's mm-hmm. not true. Life is right. soul. Life is soul growth. And because life is temporary, life is difficult. It's not always mm-hmm. difficult, but it it's a challenge. And mm-hmm. our spiritual path gives us the ability to address life more lucidly and more courageously instead of running away from our challenges and going unconscious and getting addicted and going to denial, it helps us on a spiritual path, especially one that includes with it prayer and mm. asking for help, that we can keep showing up even when it is difficult, even when life seems to ask more than we feel we have available. It, it keeps us showing up so that mm. we shed those parts of us that dim our light and darken our heart and and keep shining our light and expanding and opening our heart. And we, I don't know how we can do that without asking for help and assistance through prayer Mm -hmm. because it's not easy. Right. Well, and, you know, I get the sense that um, for you, prayer is not about what many people ascribe prayer to, which is religion. Um, And prayer is not about a um, helplessness, which often is also what drives people to consider prayer. It's something different. How would you describe that? I think that I'm glad you brought that up because I don't, it, I'm not at all subscribing to religious prayer, although if, if that works for you, please know that, that that's wonderful. But for me, yeah. it's a conversation, a mm. very, very intimate conversation with my creator and source of life, whom I believe with every ounce of my being loves me. Mm. And it's a create. It's a conversation that asks for that love to pour into me, so that I can love myself and and face and love my life more courageously every day. Mm. That's beautiful. I can't wait to get this book. <laughs> um, yeah. So it uh, comes out in September. Uplifting prayers to light your way. Two hundred invocations for challenging times. So, Sonia, we're coming close to the end of this show, and I know people will want to know more about this, how to reach you, and a little bit about how they can learn from you from afar. Tell us. Well, thank you. I would you know, love to invite anyone listening to visit my website, which is my name, Sonia, S-O-N-I-A, Choquette, C-H-O, Q U E T T E dot com. And and on my site I have lots of free gifts. You can sign up for some free gifts and I like to give real gifts. So there's um tools to help activate your intuition. There's some um little mini lessons and and even music to help awaken your soul. I do personal coaching and consulting. You can learn about that on my website. I have many online courses that are very thorough, as well as all my books, Mm -hmm. and a section on my website 
four events in case you feel inclined to want to come and see me in a live event, which I would welcome and delight in. So you can just come to my website and have a look around, explore. It's very user-friendly, soniashoquette.com. Hmm. Well, actually, I know seeing you have a lot of online courses, and I think this is just a beautiful way for people to engage in your work. And, um, you know, it's your capacity for meeting people where they are and for believing so much in them, in who they are and that they can bring themselves to complete presence is really what helps people move. You really inspire transformation. And I just love who you are and how you are um, making the world a better place. I I really am honored that you're here today, Sonia. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cheryl. It's been a real pleasure and an honor to be one of your guests. You are one of our world's leading teachers and voices for transformation yourself, so I was excited to come. Thank you. And remember, everyone, the books you can buy, many, many, many that Sonia has written, One of them is Walking Home, A Pilgrimage from Humbled to Healed, and her upcoming book, coming out in September, Uplifting Prayers to Light Your Way. Sonia, thank you so much. And remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.